0: Welcome, this is On Mike with Jordan Rich. You're about to meet on today's podcast a true ball of energy, a guy who loves life and people and history and has a joke or funny story for almost any occasion. His name is Larry J. Feldman and is the author of a new book called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and Live Your Best Life. Larry is America's number one auto sales trainer whose company, Career Changers USA, is one of the nation's leading audio industry training and recruiting corporations. He's put a lot of his experiences and wisdom into this book we're talking about today. I met Larry when he and his longtime buddy, Alan Tolles, produced the audiobook version at our studio's Chart Productions. Alan Tolles is a longtime colleague and pal of mine from radio and, and does a really fine job narrating the audiobook. We're talking motivation, inspiration, perspiration, and a sense of history and laughter all rolled into one book, brought to us by a Philadelphia kid who can't wait to step up to the microphone. Time to go on, Mike, with the author of Inner Moron Demons. We welcome Larry J. Feldman. All right, Larry, you're my guest today, so you're at uh, the mercy of me. <laughs> and I know I've kind of gotten to know you in the last couple of days uh, working on your audiobook with a very fine friend, Alan Tolles. But the first question is, the audiobook is called Inner Moron Demons. That's also the regular book. Where the heck does Inner Moron Demons come from?
1: The actual book title is called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and How to Live Your Best Life very simple. I've been a motivational trainer as well as a recruiter uh, for several years in the automobile business. And I started to write a book because so many people in my class have said, do you have anything I can read? I'll, I'll leave behind. But in the midst of writing a conventional book on you know, how to learn and how to train and how to be better in retail sales, Mr. Tolls, who you mentioned earlier, said, are you going to mention when people say, that's not my problem? And I said, Alan, anyone that doesn't even try to try must be led by inner moron demons. And when we got done laughing, I said, that's the title of the book. A natural, organic reaction to what he said. Well, think about how simple and organic it really is. I mean, if you're a Democrat, you probably think that Nancy Pelosi is a demon. There's a whole bunch of people that are Democrat that think Trump's a demon. Um, I guarantee if you ask most people about their bosses, they would definitely say inner moron demons. It's such a common thing to wonder why is our behavior sometimes aberrant and why are so many other people's? So we had a lot of fun with this. Um, The whole concept was to say, not let things get in our way, to be able to push ourselves to be the best we can. Um, I have some really simplistic philosophies. Uh, My father beat a lot of interesting things into me. Uh, He truly believed, like I believe, that we're going to be dead one day. And while you're alive, you need to have some fun. But you also need to understand that time is finite. And to let your your time get wasted just doesn't make any sense. And letting people pull you away from what you want to do is crazy. I, I say it in my book, and I believe it. If you can't elevate someone, walk away before they drag you down.
0: Mm. Let's talk about how you elevate people in your classes and in your lectures and in your gatherings. Alan told me that you can talk for three, four
1: hours, and people are pretty much with you all the way. I think the answer to that, um, and I'll try to be humble, which can be a struggle for motivational speakers. (laughs) I've been in a lot of classes and training that bored me to tears. Man, we couldn't wait for the Mm -hmm. guy to turn the lights off. If there was a slideshow, we could sneak out the back. When the guy said it's a break, there was almost stampede. He almost got run over with people trying to get to the (laughs) exits. So my goal really, besides trying to make people sincerely better, is to not bore them. If you're bored, it's over. If I'm teaching you the best possible thing on earth and you're falling asleep, what good is it? It's got to be interesting. It's got to be fun. And then maybe people will say, okay, um, I have a lot of interests. I'm always trying to learn, and I tend to skip around a lot. So where we might be going in one direction, we'll wind up in a different one. Um, as we recorded uh, the audiobook, book, uh, several of the engineers were chuckling because in one chapter I managed to tie in Paul McCartney of the Beatles, Tom Brady of the Patriots, um, and Abraham Lincoln. A- and somehow in my jumbled brain it worked. Well, if, if you're sitting in a class – and the guy managed to jump from the guy that, that saved the country in, in the 1860s and Tom Brady and then t- back to McCartney and the Beatles, you're almost afraid to turn away. I, know, it's, I, I, kinda, <laughs> I, I like to kind of emulate Groucho Marx, who he didn't know what was coming out of his mouth. That's why it was well, always a surprise. It's, it's targeted
0: ADD working for a great cause. ADD is a positive thing when you turn it around and I'm being a little facetious here, but yeah, but but very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and ask you about your days selling cars because people have a preconceived notion of what car salespeople, usually salesmen, are all about. What was it like when you started,
1: and what did you learn and do differently? When well, you, you said came? salesmen rather than salespeople. Mm-hmm. Trust me, saleswomen can be just as difficult as salesmen. Let's let's not.
0: I'm just going discourage with my, our my, feminist, my, uh, my biased and cliched approach to living. But what 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 was it like at the beginning and how did you morph? How did you change? Auto
1: sales for me was easy right from the beginning. And the reason it was is same philosophy to the book and how I have Career Changers USA, which is my training, recruiting, and motivation company. I wanted to have fun. When I got up in the morning, I said, I figured I'd look forward to meeting people, having a chance to make a living. When you go into things thinking this might be fun, you have a shot. Jordan, if I called you up and said, Jordan, you're not going to like this. You haven't even heard it. You already don't like it. The beautiful thing is, in the book, please don't let me scare anybody off. I talk about the locus of control. Not locus, (laughs) L-O-C-U-S. And that if you have what's called an internal locus of control, you have a belief that you have control from the inside out. And so many people in the world, maybe more now than ever, have an external locus of control. They're willing to put all the responsibility in someone else's hands. A lot of people are afraid to be an entrepreneur. They're afraid to start a business because it's scary or it's a risk. I opine that the greater risk is to let everything reside with somebody else. If you're going to have a job, if you're going to do well on the job, what your future is. Uh, I keep going back to my dad, but let me do it, rest his soul. A guy came to him once and said, Al, that's my father's name, Al Feldman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Al, I'm, I'm thinking of starting my own little company, but my wife just had a baby. I'm concerned. And my father looked him dead in the eye and said, the one good thing about working for yourself is you're not wake, uh, liable to wake up one day and fire yourself. <laughs> good, good advice. So if, if the concepts are simple, when I would go to work, I wanted to have fun. I look people in the eye. I smile. Now, these do not seem like lofty goals or th- I'm telling you, think how much, Jordan, we're all the same. We're more similar than dissimilar. That's why prejudice and anti-Semitism and all the other nonsense doesn't make any sense. We're all the same person. Think about when you go into a place to buy anything and they look bored or unhappy. Can I help you? Not really. Is there anybody here that's having a good day? Mm. So when you smile at people, when you look like you're genuinely excited to see them, They read that. Well, hold on, hold on. Hey, come on. Hey, who shows this anyway? I guess it's yours. (laughs) (laughs) Whoever you go home to, your wife, your girlfriend, maybe your wife and girlfriend, we might have a good scoop for the radio. Every once in a while, you have a rough day. You have a you have a guest like me that's annoying. It's been a long day. You got stuck in traffic, and your wife, girlfriend, whoever says what's wrong. You say the same thing I say. Nothing, but they always know there's something wrong. There's no marquee over your head that says Jordan's bad day. It's all over our face. So once we can to the fact that people in a minute can see if we want to say hello, if we're positive, we go from there. Let me get my question in about... Yeah, sure. Feel free. Thank you.
0: (laughs) About how you would greet customers. And it's, again, it sounds so simple and obvious, but you would greet customers in a totally different way than your colleagues. And it was very successful when you asked for their name because you said, I might forget it. I want to make sure I get your name right. Is, it, is it okay
1: if I reveal a secret on your radio station?
0: I would. First of all, it's a podcast. I wish I had a radio station. I would sell it for a lot.
1: What are all these dials and everything? Oh, this a is year. a
0: studio. That
1: it doesn't matter. The po- yes, reveal away, Larry. Okay. Um, as I age, my memory is slightly slipping. But when I started my first job as an auto salesperson, I had a phenomenal memory. They would call me from the dealership on my day off and say, who was the guy from two years ago? And i give them their name and phone number. Mm -hmm. I would slightly fib, and I'll tell you why. When I greeted people, I would say, welcome to, name of the dealership Mm -hmm. Colonial. Uh, My name is Larry Feldman, and I would hand them a business card right away. You'll find in most places, you don't get a business card at all, or you get it at the end. I wanted them to know who I was, and I would then say, can I ask your name? And when they would, if they would say yes, I'd say, can I write that down? I'm terrible at names, and I don't want to forget yours. Now, I was really good at names, but being a little self-deprecating, made them feel like they could relate to me. Because I got to tell you, most people are Absolutely. terrible with names.
0: Absolutely. I love that tip in the book. I thought that was really cogent because that's something that I'm actually going to put into practice myself. Did what? you
1: actually read the book, Jordan? Because well, I, I saw you it. scan it for pictures. And when I, there were no women in <laughs> bikinis, you just seemed to it. By the way, can I have it. your name? I forgot your name already. <laughs>
0: Larry Feldman is our guest, Uh, Inner Moron
1: Demons, Uh, How to Avoid Them. I'm sure glad you didn't stutter, because if you would have said Larry Feldman, Inner Moron Demons, it would have been a lawsuit.
0: How to Live Your Best Life is part of that subtitle. How to Avoid Them. Let's talk about some of the other demons that we should be avoiding. What do you talk about? Well, sure.
1: Um, You asked me about my career. I'm on the car lot many moons ago, and I'm standing outside with— Two or three, I refer to them very facetiously as geniuses. And a guy pulled in, I'll never forget this, in a very old car. It was four doors, and every door was a different color, and the tailpipe was dragging. Sounds like Columbo or something. There you go. There you go. Um, And these geniuses slash morons looked at me and said, look at that piece of junk. He's never buying a car. I didn't say anything to them, but I thought, that's ridiculous. He's the first guy to buy a car. He was heading towards our service department. What happens if they tell him it's a $3,000 bill? The car looked 12, 13 years old. Why would he put money into it? Maybe he was ready and he needed a little push. I sold that guy. Later on, it was about a month and a half later, a guy came in really shabbily dressed. Well, he had just come from his janitor job. He had been saving for 22 years and had $31,000 in cash. If I was bragging to you about how great a salesperson I am, that'd be one thing. I'm just telling you, I might have just been average and everybody else was so far below average, sub-average. That they were plagued by the inner moron demons. Let me give a tip to anybody that's selling anything to anybody. Act like everybody's a buyer. Because I'm telling you, most people, when you pull into a place to buy something, are annoyed or bored. I've heard him. What does he want? What do you think he wants? Stupid. He's at a car lot. He's probably (laughs) looking for a car. So if you you think about how simplistic this all is, I'm a rock and roll musician. I have a band called The Real Fugitives. Um, Like anyone that understands music this much, I revere the Beatles. Um, They made more good music in six and a half, seven years than the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan have in 50. They changed the world about 19 different times but I actually prefer the Rolling Stones. Um, Keith Richards understands those three chords that Chuck Berry played work. Simplicity works. One note is sometimes better than 200.
0: You know what else works at least for me and and I'm I think it does for you too is being a little unpredictable and being a little spontaneous even if it's planned spontaneity. When I'm in an elevator, of course now during pandemic time, we we tend to be alone in elevators, but when I'm in an elevator, I'll turn around to the people behind me and uh raise my arms and say okay soprano's over there bass is over here alto's over there ready sing
1: i try to conduct a chorus in the elevator i try to do shtick, wherever i am yeah but you, the difference is you're an amateur comedian and i'm mentally unstable well so for me unpredictability is close part to the of same my dna thing. but no you, uh, you hold, hold on hold on you I, I love this guy already let me answer the question before you even ask it okay we're back to another chapter in the book Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and How to Live Your Best Life. I almost sounded like Jordan there. (laughs) I have a chapter called Your Inner Child. Um, And I talk about that in order to really achieve great things, you need to keep your inner child alive. When we're a kid, we think we can do anything. We're going to grow up to be an astronaut president. It's not until we become adults that we get stupid and we start limiting ourselves. You ask a little kid, what little kid have you ever said to, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. Whatever comes along, something boring would be terrific. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's absolutely It's right. as adult, As kids, it's like, I'm going to do that. Not, why can't I do that? So keeping your inner child alive works. The I have a really, really, really good time doing what I'm doing. What Alan might not have told you is the reason I go three and a half, four hours is I get on a roll. I'm feeling it. The people are feeling it. I never look at my watch. Forget about 40 minutes on and five off. I just, I, I get into it so much that they get into it.
0: Well, you've got passion and enthusiasm
1: that just. Well, the, the single compliment I always get, uh, Jordan and I, uh, if you're out there on the uh, podcast or the other end of this, uh, are both vertically, horizontally challenged. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, We're in the Tom Cruise Club. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're, we're not Scientologists. No, that's I don't whole, mean the that's hike. a whole different mentally unstable podcast. Thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm drumming the desk. He told me not to do that. You I can drum the off, desk. So we're up. in
0: the same club, and you were saying. So I'm helping you out, Mr. ADD. We're in the same Height
1: Challenge Club. That's correct. You, it, you got that part right. Was, was I trying to make a point, or was I? Oh, just trying I, I thought or you were trying <laughs> to make a point. I, I didn't. know. I, I just was, wanted to see if you were paying attention. I'm very much involved with this conversation. <laughs> um. The key to everything is to put yourself in a position where you can believe you can do it. And as children, we believe everything is possible. As adults, we limit ourselves. Why would you want to put limits on yourself? Everything is impossible right up until it happens. If any of you out there are in a great relationship, one minute before you knew that person, you didn't know them. The relationship didn't exist. Everything's impossible Until it happened. Prior to the development of penicillin, if you got an infection, you were like to die or or lose a limb. And that that came from moldy bread. Mm. How'd you like to be selling that patent? Uh, I mentioned the Beatles. Turned down by every record company in Britain. It it just couldn't possibly happen. They told Elvis Presley to go back to driving a truck. That was a smart move, wasn't it? Um, Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team. It always comes back to the same thing. Why wouldn't you try? Would, why wouldn't you want to have fun? And, and the interesting thing is when you're having fun, other people have fun. It's infectious. It, it, it really is. It is infectious. Yeah. If your attitude's infectious, why have a bad attitude? Mm-hmm. Um, so all the things that, that I try to teach and I try to convey are really, really simple.
0: One of the things that I noticed, because it's so prominent, is your connection to history. And you love to read, you told me. There are a lot of names and faces that are very recognizable, a lot of references to people that you consider heroes. Harry Truman, the Beatles, as you mentioned. No, no,
1: no. Let's, let's get this stuff I'm straight. I'm sorry,
0: the Stones. They're the
1: heroes. Let's get this straight. Okay, sorry. I have, I am a ardent student of history. I understand George Santayana. Those that forget history are doomed to repeat it. So as I explained to Jordan earlier, he also has a little ADD, that my true heroes are two Americans and two, two Brits. Um, my American heroes are the person I consider to be the most accomplished person that has ever dwelled in America. I remember Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. See, I Ben Franklin discovered electricity. When Jefferson wrote, we hold these truths sacred and self-evident, he crossed out sacred. He said we should have a separation of church and state. He was instrumental not only in the Declaration but the Constitution, right? Famously he said, what kind of government have you formed, a republic if you can keep it? That's not enough where he was chasing around Paris in his the 70s. And there was no Viagra back then. Ben was in play. <laughs> <laughs> and he had nice glasses and – The coolest founding potbelly, father. Stoves and all that. coolest founding father. Um, I jumped from him to Harry Truman. How great would it be whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, a libertarian, whatever – to have a president that looked you in the eye and took responsibility for whatever it was, good, bad, or indifferent. But when he said the buck stops here, he meant it. Because usually when, when politicians say, I take full responsibility, what they really mean is I'm firing somebody that's a low-level subordinate. We jump to the Brits. Um, thank God Winston Churchill rebounded from some of the mistakes he made in World War I. He tried to warn Neville Chamberlain that perhaps appeasing Hitler was not the best idea. And finally, he was named prime minister and basically saved Britain, sheerly by grit and determination. I happen to think Martin Luther King was an incredibly inspired speaker. Uh, Bill Clinton was a terrific speaker. Nobody could touch Winston Churchill. To have the country be this close to falling apart— and the keeping people bound up by his own determination. I mean, he was Jim Valvano way before Jim <laughs> Valvano. We're never given up. Then he had a romance FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Roosevelt was an incredibly charismatic leader, but he had a little problem digging in with the truth. If he had five different people in his office in the morning, all five different people heard a different story, where Truman looked in the eye, Roosevelt was the ultimate politician. Mm. Truman, you knew exactly where you stood. Uh, he famously barnstormed he was going to lose to a guy named Thomas Dewey. In fact, the famous picture of the Chicago newspaper, uh, Dewey beats Truman. On the whistle stop, somebody said, give him hell, Harry. He said, I just tell the truth and they feel like they're in hell. I don't know if we'd have a world. And being Jewish, I don't know if I would have been here with all the craziness going on if he didn't keep keep the Brits alive and pull Roosevelt in. Uh, he was already starting on that prior uh, to the bombing uh, uh, of uh, by the Japanese at Pearl Harbor. He had an arrangement called Lend-Lease. We don't have time, but, but go read some history books. And you have to read them on your own because they're not teaching them in our schools anymore. Which leads us to the final Brit, which is Keith Richards. Um, uh, Jordan and I discussed this briefly before we started the podcast. Eventually, there will probably be some kind of nuclear war there's just too many dangerous people. The world continues to devolve into chaos, and we're convinced the only thing left will be cockroaches and Keith Richards. So I think you're right about that. Uh, it's, it's interesting,
0: though, to uh, reflect on mentors and heroes in history, because I think fewer people do that. Fewer people are taught history enough these days. I mean, you know that I'm a Lincoln file. You've listened to some of my other podcasts with individuals, and uh, I've read probably no no less than 100 books on Lincoln, and there are 300 or 400 that are worth reading. But I think it's important to reflect on history and learn from those who have come before and, and set a good path. Uh, it makes sense to me.
1: I was in a, a class in South Carolina. I was teaching, and um, I decided to have a little fun. As you might have figured out by now, uh, I like to have fun. And um, I, I, I felt like I was the only Jewish person for 200 miles Everyone was wearing a cross and uh, deciding to to take the road less traveled like, like Mr. Frost himself. I decided to open my seminar and there was about 300 people in the room as well as the gentleman that hired me and had already paid me by opening up and saying, Jesus Christ would have been the greatest used car manager of all time. I looked over at the guy that hired me and I thought he was having a stroke. But before he passed out, I said, Jesus Christ invented the concept of servant management. He washed the feet of his disciples. Imagine if a manager in any business nurtured the the people under him so they could then nurture the customers. Because this is always a trickle-down theory. Jumping to Lincoln, Lincoln was a master. Lincoln understood servant management. He understood humility. I talk in the book at the incredible amount of tragedy. He lost eight elections. He lost a couple children. Um... It certainly was no fun conducting the war when McClellan was his reluctant leader. Mm. But he surrounded himself, Team of Rivals, if any of you have written that incredible, oh. incredible book by Dor- Doris Kearns Goodwin, he surrounded himself by people that were contrary or were his enemies. But he bound them together by the sheer force of his will. Um, on a previous podcast, uh, Jordan had, I, and I boy, I listened to the heck out of it, going to the archives, he had Brad Meltzer on talking about the incredible journey, not not for his second inaugural, but his first one, they were already against him because he was an abolitionist. And obviously the passions pro and anti-slavery are, are, are what led to the Civil War.
0: Yeah. And uh, the struggle, I think, is what I take away from Lincoln. His personal demons, his personal issues, they called it melancholia back then. It was clinical depression, and he fought through that. Along with all the pressures of Can the Can I war. interrupt just briefly? Because yes, you're Because
1: you're hitting on every – my brain's actually starting to work. Okay. <laughs> and Winston Churchill called it his black dog. The black
0: dog, yes. Yes. No, you're right. Um, getting back to the book and the focus of it, it really is uh, not simply for salespeople in my estimation. It's for anyone who wants to be successful. In terms of leadership, you just outlined – some examples of servant leadership. Uh, you also outline the various types of leaders, including demonic
1: leaders. <laughs> well, I, I, I started off trying to talk about the different kinds. You have leaders that their concept of leading is, or, man, I'm autocratic. Here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. You know exactly what they want because they just told you what they want. There's laissez-faire leaders. Yeah, it'll be all right. There's every kind of leader. But we've all had the demonic leader. I don't care who you talk to. If they're 18 and they're working at McDonald's, if they're 73 and they're in a law firm, everybody's worked for a jackass. Everybody's worked for somebody that gets up in the morning and says, I'm miserable. How miserable can I make everybody else? It's like Jordan's ex wife who used to keep her eyes closed when they made love because she didn't want to see anybody else have a good time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got a story for everything, and your joke uh, collection is quite impressive Why, thank off you, the sir. top. Very impressed. We can't share some of them on the air here because this is a family show. It would
1: but. be your last podcast, but it'd be a <laughs> hell of a good podcast. What a way to go out.
0: So what's the takeaway if you were to just uh, meet somebody on the street and they say, hey, Larry, tell me about the book. What's the What's the biggest takeaway you'd like to share about inner moron
1: demons? The beauty of it is we can win. We talked on this podcast about Jesus, about Abraham Lincoln, about Winston Churchill. Hey, Talked about Keith Richards, who had a beta heroin addiction. Jordan mentioned about the struggle of Lincoln, which started me on my little ADD run. But I got news for you. Everybody that listens to this, everybody everywhere has a struggle. Everybody looks in the mirror and wonders, are they good enough? Were they good enough? They're insecure about something. They have a crazy relative. Somebody passed away that broke their heart. It's the way of the world. And if we understand that we ultimately have the power to control what we do, that's the beauty of this it's up to us if it was really if it was really the president's fault or the mayor's fault or the governor's fault if you if it was all most salespeople will tell you how bad their manager is what the hell's that got to do with you? hmm Successful people are successful because they want to be successful. Now, when I say that, people go, oh, everybody wants to be successful. Yeah, they want to be successful, but they're not prepared to put the work in or the effort in. If you get up in the morning and say, I'm going to be dead one day, let me maximize every day. Let me have fun every day. Let me be constructive every day. Let me me give a tip for anybody out there that's younger than me. I'm not the youngest guy in the world. Buy a pen or a pencil. If you're 17, I'm about to save your life. Because typing stuff into your phone or your iPad is not the same thing as writing it down. I get about 9,000 emails a day. Every three days, somebody says, Larry, did you get my email? I don't know. It's Maybe it's in the junk folder. Write stuff down that's not likely to get hacked. It's not likely to get lost. Make a list of what you want to do. I don't care if you're a homemaker. I don't care if you're running a company you got to try to figure out what you're going to do, and then you can go back to your list to see what you accomplished or what you didn't. Try to have fun every day. And for goodness sakes, put in perspective. Uh, I'm going to jump back to my father just a couple more times. You talk about a street guy that was smart. My dad had it right. My dad said everybody in the graveyard would get up and take all your problems from you in a second. You think you really have problems? me a favor when you're having one of these days where you're feeling sorry for yourself go to a pediatric cancer ward and then tell me what kind of damn problem you have if you're alive if you didn't get told you're going to be dead in two weeks you're in great shape so get up in the morning make a plan have some fun if somebody is an inner moron demon do not let them make you an inner moron demon
0: couldn't help but think of one of my favorite little stories about the dash. Do you know that story? The dash is that little line between born and died on your tombstone or obituary or whatever. The dash, that's what we're living, the dash, the in-between. And I, I think when we started – our chat today you talked about your dad's advice you know live your life it's finite it's it's not a hard concept to figure out particularly in these times but I think that's a great great message and do it with fun do it with a smile do it with whatever it takes and by the way you mentioned self-deprecation humor can be a beautiful tool It can also be used to hurt and uh, embarrass and all that but when you're self-deprecating when
1: you're putting it on you it's a great way to disarm you lying to other people is wrong Lying to yourself is dangerous because you'll never get an argument. <laughs> um, Socrates and Plato had it right. An unexamined life is one not worth living. You need to look in the mirror all the time and say, you know, I'm good at this. How come I'm not great? I'm not good at it. Why? Once we start looking in the mirror and figuring out what we're doing and reminding ourselves our purpose. It, do I have time for just one more quick thing? Absolutely. I try to capture everything in this book that has ever happened to me in my life. It's okay. It's, trust me, it's as whacked out as this conversation sounds. It's fun. But I close with, it's lonely at the top. It's, it's actually uh, a line from my absolute favorite musician, no disrespect to the Rolling Stones, the great Randy Newman. And what I talk about in that chapter is Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson. And I explain that besides being heavyweight champion of the world... What they also have in common is they both lost fights to guys they should have never lost fights to. Ali was so cocky at a certain point in his career well, his whole career, that he fought a guy named Leon Spinks. This was the guy with the space in his teeth that was an Olympic medalist. He had seven professional fights. I can see Ali now going, seven fights? I can beat this chump in my sleep. He didn't. As a matter of fact, it was one of Ali's coolest lines because after the fight, Leon Spink said, I love you, Muhammad. And he said, then why'd you keep hit me in the face? <laughs> I remember so well that, that event. Yeah. Um, if Mike Tyson's story's worse. Tyson, people used to wet their pants coming into the ring. They were beaten before anything happened. He fought a guy named Buster Douglas. If you're a boxing fan, you know the term club fighter. Mm. They're good. They're usually an opponent. Buster Douglas was mm. a 42-to-1 underdog. And if you're a boxing fan, you remember Mike Tyson crawling around on his hands and knees trying to put his mouthpiece back in. Now, no disrespect to Buster Douglas or Leon Spinks, who, by the way, uh, lost in a rematch to Muhammad Ali. Uh, uh, Tyson never got the chance because Evander Holyfield uh, immediately took the title from Buster Douglas. This was prior to uh, Tyson deciding to dine on one of the Holyfield's uh, ears. We all remember that. But I'm pretty sure as great as Tyson was, A troubled human being, but a great fighter. If he had put a little effort and training into it, he would have beaten Buster Douglas. And Ali proved the second time when he was in shape, he could handle Leon Spinks. Spinks was a good fighter, but Ali was a great fighter. Getting to the top is tough. Staying at the top is even tougher. And once we understand that we never want to rest on our laurels, I'm jumping off my... We're going generational now. My brother, very successful businessman always told me, act like you're broke and you'll never go broke. We need to stay humble. We need to stay hungry. We need to stay excited. We need to get up in the morning and say, this is going to be fun rather than, ah, I got to do that. All comes down to our attitude. And that's great because we can adjust our attitude. We can change it. We can be aware of it. So if you really want to have a better life, if you want to have more fun, My book will be available on Amazon. We're we're doing uh, this podcast in late July. Um, By early August, the book will be out. It's called Inner Moron Demons, How to Avoid Them and How to Live Your Best Life. I promise you, you will laugh. You will learn a bunch of stuff. And if you follow a third of the stuff in this book, you'll have more fun and you'll make more money no matter what you're doing.
0: And I can also add that if you look up mensch in the dictionary, I don't even know if it's in most dictionaries, you'll see Larry's picture there.
1: Uh, You're a good
0: good boy chick. You really are.
1: We're we're starting to talk Yiddish now. You may have a desire (laughs) to eat a pastrami sandwich. (laughs) It's getting very hot in here.
0: Larry, thank you. It was delightful meeting you. And, again, I, I had the chance to spend more time with you in production as we were putting the book together in in the audio way, but it was really fun meeting you, and I I hope that we continue to hang out together from time to time.
1: It would be my pleasure. He'll let you know when podcast number two comes out. Uh, I will try to be a little bit more energetic. I was a little in my (laughs) shell because I'm obviously nervous in front of a microphone.
0: The book, Inner Moron Demons, available on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. It's a lot of fun, and you'll learn a lot, too. Thanks to Larry J. Feldman for stopping by. Also, thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, Ken Carberry of Chart Productions, and to all of you for downloading and subscribing the podcast. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Till next time, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Take care.